This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Happy Father's Day, all you Papa Swifties out there. This is episode 138 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Sammy. How's everyone doing today? Good. Good. How are you? Good. It's good to talk to you guys. Um, Let's see what's going on. You guys might notice Maya's not here because today, uh, which is what, Sunday still when we're recording, Mm -hmm. Sunday the 15th of June, is her 23rd? Yep. Birthday. Yes, birthday. So special happy birthday to Maya. Any of you that are connected with her on social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, whatever, be sure to go wish her a happy birthday. Even if you're listening to this a couple days late, I'm sure she'd still appreciate it. Yep. And uh, Steve is missing. I don't know. Does anyone know where Steve is? Steve is having a happy Father's Day. <laughs> not, not that Steve is a father, but he's having a happy Father's Day with his dad. Okay. Okay. Thank yeah. you for the cl- clarification there. No problem. That's what I'm here for. And, of course, a very special Happy Father's Day to Scott Swift, the man himself. That's where Taylor Swift started, well, along with Andrea Swift. But <laughs> half of her started there. Half of her start oh, came from Scott Swift, so we owe him a debt of gratitude and hope he has a Happy Father's Day. He is the king of photo bombs. You may see him at concerts handing out guitar picks. He's a really special guy, very supportive of Taylor and her career. He, uh, According to Taylor, my dad thinks everything is great all the time. Every time I finish a show, he'll be like, that was the best show ever! <laughs> and so, uh, you know, he just gets really excited. And, and he j- definitely, for that reason, plays an integral part of Taylor's career. So those of us who are fans of Taylor definitely owe him one for... Uh, he, he's probably he's probably like Swifty number one. He's like he the totally biggest is. fan. One of my favorite Scott moments was... Uh, behind the scenes video they did when speak now came out when taylor was filming her um cover photo and everything and he was listening to it listening to speak now for the first time on the headset and he was like don't talk to me i'm in my zone and he was like so into the music and it was so cute because he's totally like her number one supporter along with andrea obviously and it was just so adorable no. He's like, this is good. This is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is good. It's good. It's good. My gosh, Taylor did it again. What daughter did I give birth to? Or my wife give birth what? to? What? <laughs> Sorry. What's your So, uh, just happy, happy Father's Day to Scott Swift and all mm-hmm. the other Papa Swifties out there. Before I embarrass myself any further, um, Diane, can you please tell us what's been going on in the Taylor news lately? Well, Taylor was featured in several scenes of Ed Sheeran's documentary with MTV, Nine Days and Nights of Ed Sheeran. They talked about their friendship as well as Ed working on his new album while he was on tour with Taylor. Good for Ed. Mm-hmm. So exciting. I have uh, it on my DVR. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet either, but um, it sounds cool. I've seen stuff from it, but mm-hmm. there's a really cute scene where they were talking about um, where they, where he got the inspiration to work with Pharrell on Sing, and he's talking to Taylor, and for some reason he, she's like imitating it, and he's got, she just goes, "Where? So where'd you get the idea for Sing?" And then he starts talking, "Well, blah blah blah, louder." And he just interrupts her, interrupts him in the middle of his conversation. It was so funny. <laughs> That does sound cool. Um, also, Taylor came back to her new apartment in New York City after the last Red Tour show where she answered some emails in a sassy manner. 
uh, by saying, at a certain level of jet lagged, I just start answering all of my business emails with, I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> I thought that was really funny that she tweeted I'll do what I want. I mean, it's true. She's the boss. It totally so is. It's um, not a lie. Taylor's the boss. Need the info. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy's laughing. Diane wouldn't get that joke, miss. I've never seen Austin Powers ever. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, also, in Taylor's life, she spent an afternoon with Carly Kloss and saw Ed at his concert on June 14th at the Hamster Stein? Is that how you say it? Hammerstein. Hamster? Hammerstein. It should have been Hamsterstein. <laughs> Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, and according to people in the audience, Taylor danced, fangirled, and even sang every word to each brand new song that Ed Sheeran performed. Oh, she did. People took video of it up on yep. YouTube. Maya she, was there. Yeah, she was. Maya was there. You're right. But it's it was funny watching the video because Taylor was doing her Taylor dancing thing. But the video oh, yeah. I was watching, and I don't know if this lasted the whole night or just this minute or so that the person videoed it, but Taylor was up on the balcony dancing by herself. Like, I think nobody it was, else was for up most there. of the night. There was were it? a couple of shots that I saw that Austin was with her as, as well as a group of other girls, and then at some point they just all left her, and it was just Taylor. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's my best friend down there. <laughs> and they're like, oh my god, why do I hang out with her? <laughs> that's really funny. Um, and then lastly, Taylor spent a Father's Day in New York with her dad and her brother Austin. They visited the 9-11 Memorial and Museum and got dinner near Taylor's apartment. Oh, the Swift siblings spending Papa's Day with Papa. Mm-hmm. As it should be. As it should be. So thank you for the news, Diane. Also in the news lately, there has been some sort of, well, I think this is open for debate because I, I'm ready to debate it. Can you're we ready to it? debate it. Well, I'm totally ready. Sammy, Sammy let me set it up. Let me get into it first and explain what's going on, because there are so many rumors going around. And the closer we get to fifth album release time, the more rumors come about. And neither of these are rumors. They're both from the actual legitimate news sources. However, they're both conflicting. So going around most recently in the fifth album news is a quote that Ed Sheeran gave to MTV where he said regarding Taylor's next album, I don't think she's teamed up with anyone. I think she did it all on her own. It's really good. So that's from Ed to MTV. Now, conflicting information came from an interview with Scott Borchetta in Rolling Stone where he said that Martin, referring to Max Martin, who co-wrote uh, we are never getting back together and a few other songs off of red with taylor said martin worked on most of her new album according to big machine records founder scott borchetta as a result he doesn't expect country radio to take her new material taylor fans are gonna love it he said will country stations play a complete pop song just because it's her no but when she comes to town her friends at country radio will come and see her I think that I, Ed doesn't I, know what he's talking about. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I have I have two two theories. My first theory is that they not twisted Ed's words, but that that's what Ed was talking about in reference to recording a song with Taylor and having another duet on her album. Oh. Um, I think that that's possible. I also think that it's possible that you know Taylor has said before in you know 
when she was talking about the release of, you know, talking about Red before it was released, she talked about how before a certain point she was writing different songs and then she wrote Red, which became the catalyst for every other song that ended up on the album. So I also feel like it's kind of possible that Taylor worked with Max Martin on a lot of songs and then it almost got to the point where she just completely changed her mind and put different songs on the album than she had originally worked on. Well, I feel like it could, yeah. it could so, go in Sammy, either direction. recapping that for a sec, your two theories. The first one is that Ed's quote got taken out of context and he meant there's no duets, not that she yes. didn't co-write. Yep. And your second theory is that a lot of it was written with Max Martin and then she overruled those songs and put the ones on that she did by herself. Well, yes. I actually think you could be right, Sammy, because she worked with Max Martin a lot on Red, and we all know that Taylor doesn't like to do the same type of thing twice, so she could have been like still in her like Red album mindset when she yeah. worked with Max Martin, and then she realized, like, oh, wait a second, I want to like do songs in a completely different way than what I'm doing with him so she could have changed and that's not to say that they're not going to be good that they're not you know you know you know what I'm saying but well, like I feel like I feel like that that's also a possibility I, I'm gonna disagree with Sammy I like your point and I never thought about the idea of Ed's quote being taken out of context and by the way Perez is an idiot <laughs> um, because he definitely took Ed's quote and oh, wrote a whole thing about Taylor's album being completely solo. And that was ridiculous. And that was ridiculous. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, Perez wrote, like, Speak Now Never Happened. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was just going to say. <laughs> I was like, thinking, like, this hey, is, like, remember? the biggest genius moment that Taylor's ever had. But Speak Now was completely that. So yeah, I don't like, really understand what he was talking about. Yeah, like, he basically said like taylor's never written in cd like by herself self before and i was thinking hey remember speak now like (laughs) well yeah so in that the album with the song that you leaked yeah Yeah. well yeah exactly perez um (laughs) but in that respect i like your theory sammy that ed's quote was taken out of context Mm -hmm. what was your second theory refresh my memory because oh about how the songs that she wrote with max martin might not oh not have made it that one i disagree with because if you look back at the Scott Borchetta quote, it said Martin worked on most of her new album. He didn't say she wrote a lot with Max Martin, and this we may true. or may not see those. He said that Max Martin worked on most of her new album. But do you have the date on when this was said, though? Because... It was very recently. It was. I mean, these two things were within a few days of each other. Okay. No, I think the Scott Borchetta one is older than that. I think it's within the past couple of weeks, maybe the few months, but it was definitely before she went to Asia. It wasn't before Asia. I'm pretty sure it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't. Okay. Um, because I first read that, like, within, since recording last week and this week, because I read these two within the same week of each other. Yeah, the Ed one is new, but I thought I had seen the Scott one less I recently. I thought than I had seen it later. Well, that point's, that point's irrelevant. Either way, it was recent enough where there wasn't some huge change where they're like, oh, we're getting rid of the entire album as it is now. And yeah, but you know, Taylor, she does that a lot. Like, I wouldn't put it past her. Right, and they would also never say that publicly. Like, oh, Taylor scraps scraps her whole project and, you know. I mean, she would eventually, anyone. but, you know. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just playing devil, devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. That's perhaps true, but I, uh, like I said, I, I agree with I your first theory. I kind of feel like the Ed's theory is more palpable that it was just taken out of context, and that she was he would he was being asked about 
teaming up with her and making another duet and that's what he well, said that happens what... all the time with written journalism they'll sit and have a full conversation and they'll pick and choose yeah. bits out of the interview to include in their actual yeah, article of course so things get taken out of context all the time. That's why it's so tricky being a celebrity, I would imagine. Yeah, but the other thing to remember is that even if Taylor didn't write every single song by herself, she does write every single song. She just, you know, gets help with it sometimes, which also then creates some of the, you know, the best songs. Not to say that Speak Now wasn't the best, you know, wasn't a great album, but, you know, when she works with other people, then other people are able to give her those ideas and they mesh, they always mesh well together. So even if, you know... She did write most of her album, quote unquote, with Max Martin. You know, she still did write the songs. Like, it's not like she just picked and chose songs like some pop artists do. You know what I'm saying? Right. But enough about that. I mean, we've got, um, you know, fifth album will be coming out later this year. Uh, I mean, we Maybe. assume. <laughs> Maybe. Hopefully. We assume. Still, still no official word on that yet. But keeping with her schedule from the last several albums it should be out later this year and moving on with our episode this is a very sad moment actually yeah we need to have a therapy a group therapy we need group therapy because this is sammy's last time she'll be doing a red tour wrap-up on maybe my last episode let's see if adam fires me <laughs> I'm not needed anymore. Basically, we don't need Sammy anymore, so she's pretty getting much. the boot after no. this Red Tour wrap-up. Yeah, pretty much. Diane's <laughs> crying over that. Uh, but no, I'm just messing around. Of course, Sammy's going to stick around as a host of Taylor Talk, but this will be the last Red Tour wrap-up because the Red Tour has finally come to an end. So, Sammy, I'm going to let you take it away. Well, this is the time, my friends. This is the very sad time that... uh we've been waiting for this week was the last two shows of the red tour june 11th taylor was had a show in malaysia where the secret song was teardrops on my guitar and the last song the last night of the red tour was in singapore and by request according to taylor quote unquote a lot of you like a lot of you in all caps have been asking me to play this song so i will and the last secret song of the red tour was long live long live Just As like Taylor and the band and the dancers took their final bows, Taylor went to everyone individually and kissed them on the cheek, and Taylor's good friend Ellie Golding was in the audience for the last show. Taylor then tweeted to comfort all of us, herself and the band as well, I assume, a quote from C.S. Lewis that said, there are far, far better, better things ahead than any we leave behind. Hopefully that is a hint that album five will be coming soon and we can only have its amazingness if we leave the red tour behind in our memory boxes. Oh, memory boxes of life. <laughs> oh. Sammy, that's beautiful. Did you write that, Sammy? I did. I wrote that to quite a few people actually and memory I was like, oh, I got it. Memory boxes of life. Put that in a closet. <laughs> Put it in the closet. Remember it forever. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, Sammy. For our final Red Tour wrap-up on behalf of your other organization, you're part of T-Swift on Tour. And just, I mean, as a quick note, what's T-Swift on Tour going to be up to now, now that Red Tour is over? Um, Well, nothing really changes for us. I mean, we don't have shows to update, but we're still, you know, updating photos of Taylor, you know, during the day and, you know, events that she goes to and things like that. And definitely once Album 5 is announced, we will be updating that. And, uh... Yeah, stick around with us, just like they'll stick around with Taylor Talk. Time doesn't stop just because Tor does. 
For sure. Well said, Sammy. So, guys, if you're active on Twitter, or even if you're not, make a Twitter account and definitely go follow our good friends over at uh, T Swift on Tour. They do a lot of great updating and, and anything you need to know about Taylor. And one thing I admire about you guys is the accuracy. There are so many updating accounts that tweet inaccurate information, and it's like at the risk or at the uh, attempt to be first. And it's like, you know, sometimes accuracy is more important than tweeting it first. And yeah, wrong. I definitely agree with that. And you know, there's with the album five release, there's a you know a lot of rumors going around and a lot of information that. You know, people are, like you said, just trying to get to first. And uh, we uh, try and pride ourselves on not reporting rumors and, you know, that making sure things are accurate before we tweet it and also not invading her privacy too much. Um, that's a that's a big deal for us as well. And uh, I think that we do a pretty good job. Well, cool. Thank you to you and your team for doing what you do over there. <laughs> yeah, sure. Check us out. We're nice people. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about you, Sammy. We're here to no, talk about not. Taylor. No, I don't like talking about me anyways. <laughs> Adam, I don't! <laughs> it's just funny the way you said that. So, uh, you know, like we were mentioning, you know, we can't necessarily end the Red Tour on a sad note. Oh. But like we were mentioning, there's going to be another album in the, in the coming months, hopefully. Okay. I, I put that hopefully in there as a disclaimer so you don't take what I say literally. Okay. Or she could change her mind. She could not release an album. She could never release an album. I know. She'll be, be like, like actually, guys, she'll be like, actually, guys, I just decided to retire. <laughs> yep. Retire at 24. Here's my best of album. Bye, guys. Well, either way, as the Red Tour ended, so ends the Red Era as a whole. The past two years well, of our lives kind of comes to a close. That's debatable. Are you crying, Sammy? No, because I don't consider it over until album five is until the next album's announced. I I'm still in Red Era. I consider it over just because there's not going to be any new things happening. Like she's just kind of done with this project, right? Well, I mean, as far we as assume, we know, you know, like, she could yeah do something and surprise us. I suppose. What so would be the point. Sorry, I don't know. You, you but guys, she could. You guys just chatterboxes over <laughs> here. Is that the point of this though? Sometimes. <laughs> but other times it's just to let me talk and you guys listen. Okay, uh, Adam. Go ahead. You talk on that now. We'll listen. Actually, Sammy's allowed to talk, but okay. since, you're, since you're copping an attitude over here. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Diane. Bye. It's the Adam and Sammy show. <laughs> just kidding. Diane's still here. <laughs> Diane, say hi so they know you're still here. Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so recapping our Red Era, we've compiled our 13, top 13 favorite Red Era memories. These aren't just Red Tour, but Red Era as a whole. So let's start with number 13 and work our way up to number one, starting with number 13. And uh, can we put in a moment that this is the order that we created for ourselves? If you guys have a different order, that's totally fine. We're not judging. Yeah, totally. And if you have stuff that you think is cool that we didn't mention please let us know because we'd love to hear it and i'm actually scared that there's like some big huge thing that we forgot to put on this list that's and also we left out things that we had on our top 13 moments of 2013 so you should check that out i know what you left out on this list diane what did you what was it the red album releasing 
Yeah, but that's That's not... kind of a big part of the Red Era. It is, but we started <laughs> doing it part of the Red Tour, and then we kind of got lazy. Yeah, but just wait, and we'll get further on in the list, and then maybe you'll you'll be surprised. All right, well, let's check out the list. Starting with number 13, <laughs> I Knew You Were Trouble wins Female Video of the Year at the VMAs, and Highway Don't Care wins Collaboration Video of the Year at the CMAs. The VMAs was a big deal for her. She was all over Twitter, you know, trying to get people to vote for her and interacting with fans and making it a big deal for them. And then when she ended up winning, it was it was a very big deal. And believe it or not, Kanye stayed off the stage this time. Kanye was invited. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Actually, maybe he was. They're like, if Taylor is going to be there, sorry, Kanye. We can no longer kind of can't come this time. You can't come this time. We don't want any more mishaps. (laughs) <laughs> and it was ironically in New York again, and it was uh, whatever. Was this the first time that Taylor had won a VMA since the incident? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so good for her. Come but she performed at the VMAs when... Does someone want to verify and... that? I'm so tired of getting emails no, it definitely, it, it definitely was, because the year before, <laughs> she wasn't qualified for it. She performed We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together live for the first time. Okay. Yeah. All right, number 12, 12, 12, 12. i don't have any special effects on hand so i'm making them myself oh good good yeah highway don't care releases a collaboration that taylor did with tim mcgraw and keith urban i think that was the coolest thing because yeah taylor has looked up to tim since before she even started and now she got to do a song with him so i think that this would just mean so much to her I think it was a big deal because you got these three country megastars, like literally megastars. It's one of the biggest collaborations ever done. And it's like one of those things we kind of forget about now. Now we just like the song if it comes on the radio, but we forget how big a deal it was at the time. I mean, this was all over the news, all over all three artists' fandoms. Like, it was a big, big deal. Yeah, and it's also something to note that it was a song off of Tim McGraw's album, and he asked Taylor and Keith to join him, you know, so it was, you know, it was a big deal for all of them to be involved in this project. And it wasn't just Taylor's project and it wasn't just Tim's project or Keith's project. It was very much, you know, like the award says, it was a collaborative effort. Well said, Sammy. Mm -hmm. All right. Number 11, (laughs) number 11, that's half of 22. I like your little intros to these. You like those? Yeah. I'm trying my best. You too, Adam. That was good. <laughs> we are never, ever, ever, okay. ever okay. getting back together. Oh, God. This is going to take forever. Was the first song in Taylor's career to peak at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Is it bad that this surprises me? Like, I actually didn't think about it until they said that it was a thing that happened. And I was like, really? None of her other songs peaked at number one? But I guess that makes sense. Well, that's why it surprises me is because I would have expected it to happen sooner. Yeah, me too. I would have expected it to happen with Love Story, but it didn't. Yeah, but Love Story, when Fearless came out, like, Taylor was obviously big. But, at the you know, her Mm -hmm. albums weren't selling the way that Speak Now and Red did. I mean, when Fearless debuted, it only sold, like, 500,000 copies or something, which, you know, was a lot. It was number one that week. But when Love Story came out, it wasn't number one it was like i don't know number seven or number 14 or number you know it was down there you know what i'm saying so like you know 
It actually surprises me that mine didn't debut at number one. However, mine leaked, so that probably had an effect on it. But, yeah, I was actually really didn't surprised. Didn't We Are Never Getting Back Together leak also, though? No, it didn't. No, 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 no of course it wouldn't, actually. Yeah, you're no, never because Taylor People were talking it about it, but the actual, yeah, the actual song, like, she announced it and then played it and then released it within, twenty like, 24 hours, less than. Well, as this being her first number one on the Billboard Hot 100, something I do want to point out is the fact that this is, like, her very first pop hit, really. Yeah. There's right. some other crossovers but this was I like mean, her first pop hit. yeah someone could argue that you belong with me is more pop than say love story but it was definitely her first like big attempt at pop and it succeeded and what do you know it was a co-write with max martin who yeah, has about so, like five hundred and eighty thousand number ones on billboard hot 100 that you know, maybe, amazing. Maybe, maybe we should think about judging you know him for writing these songs and how like bad it might be like it clearly wasn't bad, so I think we'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number 10. Taylor performed at the Winter Whites Gala for the British Royal Family, and she got to sing with Bon Jovi and yours truly. No, just kidding. She sang with <laughs> Prince William. So just to clear it up for people, you say yours truly because you think you look like Prince William? No, no, no. It's because other people think I look like Prince William. And uh, just to recap a story I told on the episode right after that happened, it was a very interesting story. But um, I was walking into some sort of family function. I don't even know what they're for. My family seems to have these dinners all the time, and I don't even know what they're for anymore. I think it was Thanksgiving. Was it Thanksgiving? (laughs) Yeah, you know what that one's for, right? Yeah, I know what that one's for. Okay, okay, good. Um, But either way, so I walk in, and my uncle's sitting there, and he's like, hey, I saw Taylor Swift singing on TV with you. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was caught off guard for a minute. And he's like, he's like, Prince William. He's like, he's like, when I first saw Taylor singing with him, he's like, I had to do a double take. I thought that was you. And I was like, (laughs) how the (laughs) expletive here, how the blank did he pull that off and get on stage with Taylor Swift? And I was like, no, that wasn't me. Yeah. But interestingly enough, he's not the first person to say I look like uh, Prince William. Although I actually get Prince Harry, is Harry his brother? Yes, Harry. Yeah. I get Prince Harry more often, I think. But either way, that was a big moment because um, Taylor. I mean, she was singing with the royal family. Yeah, that was a big deal, and she was singing Bon Jovi song with Bon Jovi. And right, and the thing that's cool is Prince William asked her to come up on stage with him, right? Mm-hmm. And. So, well, I, I think mean, that was because he was too shy to do it on his yeah, own. Yeah, I think it was, no, too. No, but it's still the coolest thing. Like, the Prince William of England asked Taylor Swift to get on stage with him. Like, girls dream about stuff like that. And Taylor <laughs> got it. <laughs> really I dream cool. about it all the time. Yeah. Hello. I'm kidding. <laughs> Number nine. I'm running out of, like, creative ways to do these nine, numbers. Nine, nine, nine. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> Taylor played MetLife Stadium for the first time ever. And for those who don't realize that's a big deal, MetLife Stadium in New Jersey has Mm -hmm. a seating capacity of 82,000. And she sold it out. Wait, she's, yeah, so, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was a big deal. And she tweeted, you know, they had, I don't really know, like, what the deal was. But anyway, they had the North concerts in March. And then shortly after the regular tickets for the tour went on sale. She tweeted um, about how July was her favorite month and the 13th is obviously her favorite day of every month. And so she wanted to play a special show 
So she added MetLife Stadium, which was, like we just said, a big deal because she'd never played it before. And she's, and it's really, really big. And it's really, really big, and it's where Sammy saw her first concert. Ever. <laughs> where Sammy saw her first? What, what was your first concert? NSYNC. NSYNC, huh? NSYNC, back in the day when it was called Giant Stadium. Oh, they're the same thing? Yep. Oh, Shows you how much I know about sports. Diane, <laughs> what was your first concert? Um, it was a Kiss FM Wango Tango. Whoa. So it was like a bunch of different people. Oh. It's like Jingle Ball, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's in the, the summer. Same concept. Yeah, but in the summertime. Adam, what was yours? Britney Spears? No. Backstreet Boys? No. Sync? No. TLC? No. I forgot <laughs> about them. What was it? I don't know if I should say this on, I think on the show. air here. No, is you it, have is to. it inappropriate? No, it's not inappropriate. It was my first concert. I was a little kid. <laughs> Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. I always wanted to see them. My first concert ever. I went with my mom and sisters to see the Spice Girls. Admittedly, in elementary school, I had a huge crush on Baby Spice. I think most elementary school boys did. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was going to marry Baby Spice one day. She was like twice your age. <laughs> more than that. Not anymore. Now like we're nine. close in age. Now she's only like 10 years older than me. Or yeah, like so I don't... so so it could happen, right? It could so totally happen. Since I think she has kids now. Adam, you okay with that? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight. Number eight it was a very exciting one. Mm-hmm. Taylor announced the Red Tour was going to Asia where she played in Shanghai, China for the very first time ever and sold out in one minute. Yeah. Like, this was an awesome win for, like, the Swifty community because there are so many fans in Asia that are like, Taylor, come to Asia, Taylor, come to Asia. And she hadn't announced it, and then all of a sudden, like, it was announced. Yeah, was a that was really deal. cool because we all thought that the tour was kind of over. Like, we weren't. 100% sure, you know. We and thought we she, were having this episode months ago. Yeah, and she just <laughs> she just kept adding more dates, and she added another continent. So it, it was just really neat and really exciting. And the fact that she sold it so well there definitely shows that she will continue touring there and, you know, loves the lo- – well, she loves all of us. But, you know, she will continue touring there and sees that it, it is good for her career and that she can sell out, you know, really big venues there. And uh, she'll do bigger and better things next tour with the next album in Asia and hopefully even more places. For sure. And playing Shanghai, China specifically is pretty awesome because, you know, I've said it a million times, but China is actually number our number two market here on Taylor Talk after the U.S., we have the most listeners of Taylor Talk come from the U.S. Clearly it's a big market for her, too, that she could sell it out in one minute. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) so next one holds a very special place in my heart why oh i know why you know i know why i know why why do you guys know why because this is the first place you ever saw taylor swift no it's not oh but you were there but then i don't know why i have seen her there but well it's because it's number seven that's my favorite number oh (laughs) never mind that's part of it and i'll tell you the second part in just a sec So, number seven is that Taylor set a new milestone in Staples Center history by selling out 11 shows at the Los Angeles Arena, breaking the record for the most sold-out shows for a solo 
artist. So that's over her whole touring career. Yeah, it's not like she sold out she, 11. No, there were not 11 red. red shows. Yeah, I just <laughs> wanted to clarify. Just four shows at Red. That was Fearless, at... Speak Now, and Red. 11 shows at Staples Center in Los Angeles that she sold out. And for the record, the second reason is because that's where my my Lakers play. Oh, your Lakers? My Lakers. You own the, the team? I wish I did. <laughs> I Adam love the Lakers. Adam really loves basketball. You guys should tweet him just things about basketball. They're playing basketball. And you should tweet him about his his bodyguards in his garage. Yeah, tweet him about Kobe and um, Shaq. Shaq. There's another one, too, isn't Michael there? Jordan. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Your favorites. <laughs> so, so Diane and Sammy like to make fun of me. When I was a kid, um, my parents got me these uh, life-size cardboard cutouts of Shaq, Kobe Bryant, and Michael Jordan. And now they, I was, I didn't have the heart to get rid of them when I moved into my new house here. So I put them up in the garage and they're my personal bodyguards. They protect me. And the Michael Jordan one reminds me of that scene in um, Home Alone when he has the Michael Jordan thing on the wheel and he's like wigging out back and forth. Oh, that wasn't Michael Jordan. That was just a big doll, but yeah. No, it was Michael Jordan. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. was Okay, okay, okay. Sammy, Sammy, derailing, derailing. (laughs) Taylor sold out Staples Center 11 times, and we're talking about Home Alone. <laughs> They're totally related, though. I'm sure Taylor Wait, likes you Home forgot Alone. part of number seven, something else she sold out. Yeah, you she did. She also sold out five O2 Arena shows in London. Mm-hmm. Shout out to British Swifties. Swifties. Hello. Pip, pip, cheerio. Yeah, because they totally – you're offending them. I bet you they you don't totally say that. Are. Okay, <laughs> if you're from England and we offend you, one, I'm sorry, and two, does anyone there say that or where does That's that what I was just going to say. Can you please tweet us and tell us if anybody actually says this that? Is, so. This is what silly Americans think, so we need to be corrected if we're wrong. I don't think that. You Diane, I don't know that. why you were doing that offensive impression of British <laughs> Swifties. Oh my god, Adam. Diane, that was so rude of you whatever (laughs) number six yet another tour accomplishment taylor became the first solo female artist in 20 years let me repeat that for you 20 years is in longer than probably a lot of you have been alive first solo female artist in 20 years to headline a national stadium tour through australia the last one being Madonna, all the way back in 1993 when I was just a little guy. Me too. <laughs> I was a little you guy. You were a little guy, Sammy? Little <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I just corrected myself. <laughs> Taylor also became the first female artist in history to sell out the stadium in Sydney since it was opened in 1988. Hey, that's the year I was born. That's such a big accomplishment. That's a huge accomplishment, especially for Australia because – you know, the, just from history of, you know, not well, not history, but over the past couple months and years, you know, artists like Taylor um, have had a, a kind of hard time selling out stadiums and in, in arenas in Australia. And, you know, Taylor exceeded all the expectations and she was able to sell out all the stadiums in Australia, two stadiums or the same stadium twice in New Zealand and a, you know, it was a big deal. And again, just like the the accomplishment in China, it shows that she has an audience there. And hopefully next time she'll be able to play even more shows there, knowing that people will show up and want to see her. I think she's definitely grown there. I have a friend of mine, an old friend of mine that lives in uh, Australia, 
who one time told me, like, when, when she found out I was doing this podcast and stuff, this was a couple years ago, is, like, why why Taylor, like, nobody listens to her. I'm like, what? You're like, are we talking about the same person? Yeah, are we talking about the same Taylor Swift? And she's like, I, I don't know her work. None of my friends listen to her. And that was just a couple years ago. And I think since then, she's grown quite a bit in Australia. So. But yeah. that also just could have been your friend. She could have just hung out with a different type of yeah, I mean, I guess I can say that I have some friends that don't really know anything about Taylor and would say, like, do people really listen to her, I suppose? Perhaps. And as if I didn't offend uh, our British Swifties enough, I got one for our Aussie Swifties over there. Okay, no. Just offending actually, people by your Actually, hands. one specifically, Taylor. Hi, <laughs> Taylor. She's even been on Taylor Talk before, uh, Taylor. When she was here in Vegas, she... Uh, joined us on a recording which was kind of cool I, i'm just gonna ask uh taylor to throw another shrimp on the barbie she got so <laughs> mad at you for saying that <laughs> turns out She's they like, don't actually say that, that in australia <laughs> so yeah taylor's rocking it in australia moving on to number five all the guests everybody that showed up on the red tour you had I'm still Jenny from the block. J-Lo, who just at the Billboard Awards won some huge awards. She's like, yeah. it was like icon artist or something. Her best something. person ever. You know those awards they give out. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what it should be called. Yeah. Best artist ever. One of those. Uh, so we had J-Lo, Ellie Goulding, Sarah Bareilles, Tegan and Sarah, Carly Simon, Rascal Flatts, Hunter Hayes, Luke Bryan, Pat Monahan. Who's Tyler Glenn? From Neon Trees. Oh, okay. who okay. also opened for her in Australia? Oh. Right, Bob Nelly, Ed, Ed. and Ed Sheeran again. <laughs> yeah, the yep. man that Ed, never went Ellie. away. Ed. Oh, someone help me on this name. Emily um, Sanday. Yes, that one. <laughs> Sam Smith, Danny O'Donoghue, and Ed Sheeran yet again in Berlin. So, yep. several countries, several guests. They were all quite huge definitely luke bryan was my favorite <laughs> yeah that was awesome luke will I always hold luke bryan will always hold a special place in my heart luke bryan was was a really big deal for me but i also was um tyler glenn was a really big deal for me because in newark i well i was in the pit for that but also um newark had never gotten a special guest before because you know in the past tours taylor would play at the prudential center and she would play at Madison Square Garden. So Madison Square Garden would obviously get peripheral treatment. Right. And, you know, they got the special guest. But this tour, she didn't play. Oh, we, for, we I forgot a guest. <laughs> That's okay. There are a lot of them. Who'd you forget? forget? Um, uh, oh, uh, at MetLife Stadium, uh, uh, she had, um, uh, oh, my God, what's his name? What, describe from Fall Out parents. Boy. From Fall Out Boy. Oh, yeah, him. Just say Follow Boy. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Stump from Follow Boy. Patrick Stump. Sam, uh, you totally could have like passed I mean, that off and been no. like, "Hey, Adam, you forgot someone. No one needs no, to know that you on. made the list I read." Is it? What's the bass player's name? Because he's the one I always think of. Oh, uh, Ashley Simpson's ex-husband, but he wasn't there. Okay. Because um, I thought yeah. his name was Patrick Stump, but it's not. No, okay. No, no, hey, 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 hey. Let Let's keep going, or we're gonna run but out of time. The point that I was trying to make was that, um, you know. Madison Square Garden usually gets the peripheral treatment, so Newark at the Prudential Center never got a special guest. So the second night of Newark, when Taylor didn't leave after Sparks Fly, I knew there was a special guest, and we had never gotten a special guest before, and it was a it was a big deal for me as a New Jersey 
audience member that she finally gave us a special guest. Oh. But yeah, <laughs> Fallout Boy was also at MetLife Stadium. Sorry, guys, I forgot. Well, either way, the guests like every tour are a huge deal. So that was yeah. definitely came in at number five on our list of top 13 moments and of the Red Era. there are people that, you know, Taylor obviously has some kind of relationship with, but also, you know, Taylor is a really, really big fan of. Um, and, you know, so just looking at this list kind of shows you how big of an eclectic mix of music Taylor is a fan of. Interesting you say that, Sammy, actually, because at the end of each episode, we do the segment, What Are Swifties Listening To? And that was actually inspired by Taylor uh, introducing us to new music. But that's a topic for a different day. Let's get on to number four. Number four was a huge moment in this community. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. It has changed the community. It was pretty obvious, but it was also a big moment. It has literally changed the community, and it has even changed the career path of the very one and only Ed Sheeran. When he was announced as the opener on the Red Tour. Yep. And then kept coming back for shows in Europe. <laughs> which I mean, no one's um, complaining about, but he just kept, no, he just kept coming back. Right. So- Ed was, I mean, Ed was already, already had, and we've had this conversation before, he already had a fairly big career in, in um, England and in Europe. And, you know, he came over here and he wanted to up his sales and he wanted to create a new fan base. And, working with Taylor on everything has changed and, um, you know, deciding to open with Taylor and ultimately being able to perform everything has changed every single night and do his own set. And now headlining his own tour. Yeah. And now he's headlining his own tour and going back to, you know, Bridgestone arena and some of the various venues that he played with Taylor and, you know, doing his own show. And it's a, it's a big deal. And, um, Ed was huge part of the red tour, just like, you know, we're a big part of Ed's career now. Well, it wasn't just a big moment for Ed. It was also a big moment for the uh, Swifty community because Taylor introduced us to someone who has yep. now become a very beloved figure in our community. So Absolutely. definitely a big moment. So number three, 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 Taylor. Um, okay, so Taylor performing <laughs> Cold As You Live for the first and only time in St. Louis. Yep. This is really cool because not only did she play it for like the first time ever, but she knew that fans really wanted her to play it for a long time. So it just kind of proves that she listens to us, you know? See, I kind of had mixed feelings about this because it was unreal that she was singing it for, you know, the fans that have been asking for it for so long. But at the same time, when she played it, and I can say this because I was there. Um, good chunk of the audience didn't know the words, and that was very frustrating as a fan that obviously knows the words, and I think that it it also became, you know, the reason why she ended up ultimately singing songs on the the B stage and not singing other songs on the B stage because she was afraid that her audience wasn't going to know these songs. Based on the popularity. But see, the thing is, though, Sammy, is... I wouldn't really mind if not that many people see. I I didn't I either. To hear and her singing. Yeah. See, I didn't either. Um, I was completely fine with just listening to her, and I was well. It doesn't matter, but you know, I was fine with that. But clearly, you know, Taylor wants to make sure that everyone in her audience is having a good time. Yeah. And I true. feel like to her, she felt like if the majority of her audience didn't know the songs that she was singing, 
she didn't want that. She wanted her audience to know what she was singing and to, you know, she loves being able to hear the people sing back at her. And so if she was playing songs that people didn't necessarily know, she didn't get that. And, right. you know, so she ultimately ended up singing, you know, more popular songs, which obviously we all know and love. We all love, you know, you know. Right, but at the, at the same time, she did it for that core group of fans. And speaking of Taylor doing... Things. No, but wait, but wait. <laughs> well, Sammy, Sammy, so we're running out of time. No, we're not. We can talk all day. <laughs> Sammy, we're running out of time. Fine. We got to get on with the list. <laughs> Speaking of Taylor's fans <laughs> asking her for things and her doing it, that brings us to number two. Yeah, See, that's that. why this is taking so long, because you have to have interims for all of them. No, that's not. Those take a couple seconds each. Sammy, don't interrupt me. I'm reading I'm reading number two right now. This was a huge moment. All too well at the Grammys, by special request of the Swifty community. Best moment ever. Yeah, it was a good moment. That was one of the most phenomenal moments of the era, of the Red Tour era, was doing all too well for an audience of her peers, all those people in the music community, and it was just so... Uh, well received with the exception of the hair uh, flipping yeah, thing which people I was going to say because I don't know. for some reason people feel like they have to say something bad about Taylor every chance that they get I don't know where they get this urge from um, but they they picked on her hair flipping well here's how I see it. It, it it was such a phenomenal performance that that's all they could find so yeah and I mean to us there that was nothing new because like she didn't go like above and beyond on the hair flipping you know, you know, like it was exactly basically, well, not basically, it was exactly the way she does it on tour. And so like, it wasn't anything different to us. Um, I also think that this is a big deal because it's almost a reflection on, you know, how album five might go in terms of, you know, she's listening to her fans and knows what we want and mm -hmm. that will end up reflecting on album five. Yeah. And even albums beyond album five, but, you know, particularly album five, considering that's next. <laughs> yep, yep. That is next. And moving on to number one. Such a cheesy number one, but it is number one nonetheless. Come on! What do you want number it's one? It's obvious say? number one. Number one. I got to do a really cool number one thing. Number one! Is that okay? Yeah, that's good. Okay. Taylor sold out. All 86 shows and had 100% attendance at every single show on the Red Tour. If yep. that doesn't say that Booyah! the Red Tour was the like so successful, I don't know what does. Because that's the complete ideal and she got it. I mean, most most artists, you know, they can totally sell out their shows and, you know, they they say, you know, this sold, show sold out in 30 seconds or whatever. But the fact that she had every single person that bought a ticket show up and sit in their seats is a huge deal. Well, hopefully not necessarily sitting in their seats. Well, you standing know, up and dancing. Sitting, yeah, being in the general vicinity of their seats. But either way, <laughs> that is the epitome of the Red Era. It was an era of excitement, an era of awesomeness, great music, Taylor doing new things, working with new co-writers, new collaborations, introducing us to Ed Sheeran. I mean, I hope our tour down memory lane didn't make you cry too much. And if it did, just grab your Taylor blanket and cuddle up with it. Oh. <laughs> I have one of those. Don't you have two? Yeah. Shh. Stop revealing my dirty secrets on the air. 
Anyway. I'm kidding. It's a good secret to have. So, that I mean, that's it. Those are top 13 moments. And, like, everybody is unique, and everyone has different memories and thoughts and feelings. So, whatever your Red Tour moment is, definitely tweet it to us, email it to us, however you want to reach out to us, however you're comfortable reaching out to us. Um, just do it. Just let us know what your moments were. If you think we're complete dum-dums for, like, one of these items, tell us. I don't care. You won't offend me. No, yeah. Because Diane and Sammy put together the list. You wouldn't offend me at all. <laughs> um. Okay, yeah. T- tell us we're dum-dums. <laughs> totally fine. Adam tells me that on a daily basis. I do no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, with just a few minutes left in the episode, we got to get to some mini-segments. These are items that were submitted by all of you lovely people out there that are listening in right now first one comes from jen fearless 13 on twitter who said you know you're a swifty when you go into stores and say i know taylor would wear this because it has a cat on it i do that too i will see yeah, things in store and be like that's a taylor outfit it's a taylor outfit i gotta get tell. it sammy um oh that's me <laughs> oh i don't know how to say her name uh spell it um, this one comes from a very sweet looking girl, very beautiful, and uh, her Twitter is V I T R I H N D Y N I, and she says, "Finish this Swifty. You know you're or finish this sentence. You know you're a Swifty when you keep on Taylor Swift's side no matter what." Hear that? Yes, I agree. We'll Power be, to the Swifties. We'll be Woo-hoo. on. We'll be on her side even when we know she's wrong. <laughs> it's Taylor's never wrong. I know. <laughs> All right. This next one comes from Mustang Swifty, and they say normal. Oh, you know you're Swifty when normal conversations cause you to burst out singing a Taylor song. It's true for Adam. <laughs> he does that a lot on this show. Yeah, me too, <laughs> I did that like twelve times this episode alone. I was Thirteen say times. I never do that, but I actually do all the time. See, Sammy does it too. Nobody can judge me. <laughs> At Swifty since 07 said, you know you're a Swifty when you fangirl whenever you see a 13. Yeah. I'd like to add to that also whenever you like go to the 13 checkout lane at uh, Target. Or the 13 movie theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the ne- next one is from ShokoS15 on Twitter. Uh, you know you're a Swifty when you make secret messages in your writings. Oh, I've Ooh. never done that before. Yeah, that's cool. I should try that's that. That's very cool. That That's really hard to do, though. Hey, it's Diane, maybe when you're making the show notes for these episodes, you should start putting secret messages in. No. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll do it for this episode only. Um, this one comes from Sam. I am. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I know that girl. <laughs> yes, our very own Sammy legitimately submitted a, uh, uh, a you know, you're a Swifty win item. She actually tweeted Taylor talk with this but then she also tagged tiny lou 13 so i'm not sure if, who it comes from it's from i don't Sammy. remember who actually said Sammy. it doesn't really matter okay well whoever this is said you know you're swifty when you are used to live updating a taylor concert so you live update jury duty instead that is the thing i did sammy i'm sure that was just as interesting <laughs> it was really funny <laughs> i doubt it was you could go back and read my tweets from last week they were they were entertaining to say the least oh Right now, the judge is taking the stand. Oh, the they defendant is arguing. The bailiff is about to beat someone up. I don't 
think you're allowed to have your phone out during that type of stuff. No, it wasn't. It was jury duty selection, not sitting there listening to the case. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to text during that. They kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you to everyone who sent those in. Keep them coming for future episodes. We definitely want to hear from you guys. Definitely want to hear your thoughts. You know your Swifty when, if Swifties ruled the world. Well, just send them in to us. We'll read them out on the show. One more segment before we get going. What are Swifties listening to? I was talking about this segment earlier. It's where all of you out there get to introduce us and your fellow Swifties listening to the show to new music they may not have heard before. So... At love ts13 underscore said Swifties are listening to a band called The Ghost, spelled G O A S T T. Really good lyrics, and John Lennon's son is in it. So Sean Lennon is who she's referring to. Huh. I listened to this song before the show today. You mean that band? Yeah, the band. Sorry, and um, it sounds like a unreleased Beatles song. It sounds just like the Beatles. It's very, very strange. Sean sounds just like his dad. I looked up the lyrics, though, and I don't know if the lyrics are quite as complex and thought-provoking as the old Beatles lyrics are. So maybe they're throwaway Beatles songs? That's why I said unreleased. Like they yeah, throwaway yeah, yeah, Beatles yeah. songs. I don't know about that. I'm sure they wrote it on their own, but it just <laughs> seems like... It's okay. The sound, I definitely recommend them for the sound because it is a very Beatles-esque sound, and for those listening who know this about me i'm a huge huge beatles fan i love the beatles and it's definitely got a beatles sound but if you're looking for depth in lyrics it doesn't quite compare to the beatles in my opinion but you only listened to that one song though you didn't i did i only listened to their song called animals but animals just the lyrics like let me see for example what was in there um you know it's it's very it's almost like he tries to be like his dad uh john lennon with the whole social rights and movements and protesting and back in the 60s like he says one of the lines do you believe what you read in the tvs and i'm like well that actually doesn't make sense because you don't read the tv um but it's it's such like i don't know I, i see the message he's trying to say but the way he's trying to say it isn't very unique it's just sort of saying it very literally if someone told you that john lennon wrote this song would that change your opinion uh, that's a good question. Because I have a feeling, Adam, that if this was actually written by him, you would think it was cool. Yeah, me too. I still think it's cool because of the sound. I just don't think the lyrics are as unique as the Beatles lyrics. Okay. All right. But it's not a point for debate. I don't know why, but, uh, wait, where'd it go? Sammy, did you delete something? Because Sammy yeah, I did, because I submission. wrote it. It was me. It, it was irrelevant. I'll okay. write it next week. Okay. Sammy so, thinks you should listen to, uh, let me see. It was uh, Nervous Girls, right? Oh, yeah, Lucy Hale's new album. You should get it. It's really good. Okay, there you go. It's not as good as John Lennon's son, but. Well, I don't know. I haven't listened to that. I can't <laughs> say for or against that. <laughs> so, well, thank you to at uh, loveTS13 underscore for recommending that because I'm definitely going to be looking into more of their songs personally. And if you're a Beatles fan, I definitely suggest you also go look into them. Remember, guys, keep all the submissions for all of our segments coming. There are so many different ways that you can contact us. You can email us, taylortalk at taylorswift13.org. I do reply to every single email for the most part. And for those of you waiting on replies, I'm sorry. I'm really behind. The more the inbox builds, the more overwhelming it becomes, and I procrastinate even more. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You should do, like, five a day. Five a day. 
Okay. That'll only take me the next year and a half. So oh, nonsense. <laughs> You're not that popular. Don't get crazy. I'm very popular. <laughs> so Taylor Talk at TaylorSwift13.org is the email you can send that to. You can, of course, tweet us, Facebook us, Taylor Connect us, or ask us a question on Ask FM, all to the username TaylorTalk13. You can leave us a voicemail or a text message to area code 240-31-SWIFT. We love getting voicemails because then we can play them on the show and everybody gets to hear your voice too instead of just us. It's a lot of fun. So definitely do that. And of course, well, if you're out of the country, dialing a U.S. area code might be a little bit expensive for you. So we got an alternative. If you just go over to taylortalk.org, there's a button on the side there that says send voicemail. Leave us a voicemail. And remember, it's going to us, not Taylor. I get voicemails all the time. Taylor like, Swift will never hear these voicemails. Only we will. So Unless she listens to Taylor talk, which I doubt. But if she, in the off chance she does, that's the only time she would ever listen to those voicemails. But either way, there are so many voicemails. Oh, my God, Taylor, I love you so much. And I'm like, I'm not Taylor. Yeah. Slightly awkward when you're a, uh, well, me. When you're not Taylor <laughs> and you're listening to voicemails. Exactly. So... Hope you guys enjoyed our 13 moments of the red era. Remember to contact us with uh, your own thoughts and opinions on that. But we're going to wrap it up here for episode 138 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name is Adam. I'm Diane. And I'm Sammy. And we'll be seeing you guys all next week. Bye. 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 This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.